right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here with the third week of our Wonder Woman coverage. Uh, this will be, we're close to the end here, because we're getting ready for Wonder Woman 84 to come out, uh, which as of to the day we're recording it is Sunday, so on Thursday we'll get, to, or Friday, yeah. we'll get to finally watch that. Um, yep. That episode will come out on Monday. Uh, so to prepare for that, our plan is to watch the Wonder Woman, the first one with Gal Gadot. I forget what year that came out. 2017. 2017, yeah. So we're going to rewatch that. I think both of us have seen it already. Oh, yeah. Um, and then go from there and uh, see what see what the next one's like, get prepared for that. Mm. Um, so I figured the, the comic book we would read for this week, a good one to pair it with, would be the kind of like revamped origin of Diana, which was in uh, Rebirth with uh, Wonder Woman Year One. Um, so we're going to actually be in, going back to the Greg Rucka stuff that we yeah. were doing before. Yep. But this is, like, uh, this is actually Greg Rucka's... Uh, second run on Wonder Woman. He left the book for a while, uh, and then they actually like, finally convinced him to come back to DC when Rebirth started, and that's he kind of picked up Wonder Woman. He was like, fuck, I have to fix all of her origins and shit. So he's done like two specific runs? Yep, he okay. did. Uh, the KTA, which we read two weeks ago, was yep. technically the start of his first run. So okay. this is... Along with the one that was running alongside the start of his second run. Okay. Um, but it's not it, too long after. Right. But this is also intended to be a jumping on point. Pretty mm-hmm. much every book in Rebirth was. It was yep. kind of like a relaunch point. Okay. Um, we've talked about it before. That's where I started reading comics also was at Rebirth. Yeah. So when, when Rebirth started, I kind of picked up all the number ones to see what books I would end up liking. So I did read the first few issues of this live. I think I read the whole first arc live. Oh, really? Um, when this was coming out. So that was pretty cool. So yeah. I actually do have kind of a connection to this story uh, because of that as well. Yeah. But the one, this uh, when this came out, it was it was actually really confusing for me as a new reader because this book came out as an alternating story, and that confused the living shit out of me when I was picking <laughs> up single issues. So um, it was like how Hoxpox was for me. Yeah, except <laughs> um, Hoxpox at least like was two books. Yeah, so like at least yeah. like. You kind of could read one of them and get a coherent story. Whereas, It'd be like if Hoxbox was in one book. Right. But like the same order. Like once they started alternating stories on here, I was so fucking confused. I was like, is this supposed to make sense? Like they're jumping <laughs> around the story so much. Like I'm kind of following it, but yeah, I didn't did I realize miss something? Was, yeah, I didn't realize it was supposed to be like two completely different arcs. Right. Um, but Greg Rucka like insists that it should be read that way. That you should alternate them. Okay. Because they do kind of have like a little to do with each other. Um, the, the one that comes, uh, the one that's alongside this might be what we do next week, uh, which is called the lies. It's a story of like uh, wonder woman and cheetah, like teaming up against like another villain. So yeah, I figured that it, might be fitting. It was kind of interesting because like it had Doctor Minerva throughout this run. Yeah, and then you get kind of an origin for her, but not to the point where it gets to the Cheetah stuff yet. So it would have been kind of cool, I guess, to read like Cheetah stuff in between these stories. Yeah, and then you can see like the actual Cheetah instead of just yep. building up to it. Yeah, totally. I think that's that's why he also like did that was so that way, especially as a new reader, you're not just reading an origin story to begin with for six issues. Not that this is bad by any means. Oh, not at all. Like, even favorite. if I didn't know that Doctor Minerva became Cheetah, like I still would have been interested in that yeah. character um and I, this is the stronger of the two stories i would say we haven't read the other one yet so i guess you can't really judge that yet but okay um that, that's my in opinion, your opinion. On it. Yeah. yeah um so that's what we're going to read this week we're going to be reading year one by greg rucka and nicholas scott and then next week we're going to be reading uh actually i don't know if we decided next week what we're going to be reading it's either going to be that story i talked about the lies um but then again them, that's doing three weeks of rucka i don't know if i want to do that yeah, that's like a, a month writer. of Rucka. Right. So maybe <laughs> Not anything against Rucka. No, but, but we should get other voices yeah, in there. Yeah, for sure. What I was thinking maybe we should do, and let me know what you think about this. I think we should maybe go to the uh, Molten Marston stuff, the Golden Age, and read Cheetah's first appearance. So okay. I was flipping through it. I was like, this could be fun to talk about. Like yeah. The whole thing starts with her doing like Houdini acts in the carnival. <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk about this. So it's like a Cheetah Houdini? Uh, no, no, Wonder Woman's doing acts. Oh, yeah. okay. It's kind of oh, like in the TV show. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know how she was doing the axe in the first episode? Yep. Are um, there homicidal grandmas? Yeah, no, I, probably. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, I'd bet. I'd probably bet money on it. So is that, uh, that's kind of what I'm feeling. What do you think? Uh, what if there's going to be homicidal grandmas? Oh, I mean, besides that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'd be down with it. Okay, cool. Because I'm good with whatever. All right, cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that thing because we get to finally go back to the golden age stuff. That's why. I'm, Do you know what year that is offhand? Oh, it's from the 40s, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so way back. It's kind of like uh, when we did, uh, we did uh, Tales from the Crypt. That was yep. pretty old. It's kind of around that era, I think. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna go back get the first appearance of Cheetah. That's what we'll be reading next week for uh, to her first live action appearance and her first, uh, at least in a movie. And then, actually, I don't even know that for sure. Has what? Cheetah been in the Wonder Woman show? I guess I'll have to look that up. I'm pretty sure, yeah. But it, I'm pretty sure it's just a woman in like, uh, just it's like, probably le- like, the just like leopard one. pants and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like a human animal. No, they had CGI cheetahs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huge budget. Yeah. 
Um, so that'll be our plan. And then I think in January, um, I think our plan was to, because we pushed back the, the Vision stuff, right? Because yeah. we, we found out that Vision is actually going to be released it's weekly. Week week. It's Disney Plus. I was expecting the Netflix model for some reason. Yep. Um, even though they're the only ones who do that. Right? They're the only ones who do all episodes at once, right? Well, I mean, Amazon released the first three episodes of season two of The Boys. And yeah, but then it's more like just week. getting a head start. Like I Game guess, of Thrones yeah. has done that. But I mean, you know? it was still week to week for the last five. True. So. Yeah. But yeah. So I think Netflix really thought that was going to catch on. Like, we'll set the standard. Yeah. And now I wonder if they're like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But we can't go back now. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people have kind of accepted it. Like, The Mandalorian, at first people were like, well, that's kind of lame. But after a while, it's like, well, it's whatever. Yeah. Like, it's good. It's really good. So I, we'll wait. If I was like an executive or some shit, I would definitely do weekly. It seems like when you release a show like all at once, it, like the hype dies down so quickly. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, you wrap it up immediately and then people talk about it for a weekend and then right. the next week it's done um oh by the way speaking of netflix shows uh, that we've covered did you hear lock and key got renewed for not only season two but season three i knew season two but i didn't hear yeah, about season because they were well. making season two but they got renewed for season three before it even come came out so. awesome yeah, so, yeah that's we'll, great we'll be able to come back to that when that comes back around as well because we only got halfway through lock and key yeah no i'm pumped to get back to that cool uh, yeah so uh without further ado I, th- I think we should get started on the book for this week uh, the creative team for year one is, we talked about Greg Rucka, the writer. Uh, Nicholas Scott is the artist. Uh, I think Greg Rucka talked about like uh, wanting to work with Nicholas Scott for a long time just because she had done like Wonder Woman art. Like That was like her favorite character to draw. Oh, really? So this is her, like, her getting to do this story, I think, is really cool. But this is, this is like her first time she's Wonder done like, a Wonder Woman, Woman comic? Uh, I don't know about that, but this is her first Wonder Woman story for sure. Well, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her first time doing Wonder Woman. Yeah, definitely. So it's cool to actually like get her on the book, like someone who's like drawn them. I mean, I'm sure that happens for a lot of artists, but you can kind of tell like this is her character. Oh, yeah. Because um, the art on this is just really fantastic. It's definitely like the best part of this book is to me Nicholas Scott's art. Oh, for sure. Um, like, There's some really, really good pages that I had to screenshot that we'll talk about as they come up. Um, we do also have uh, Romuelo Fajardo Jr. on the colors, who I think did the colors for the story we did last week as well. Which it sounds very familiar. Makes sense because it's techni- technically the book we did last week is still the same series. It's just the writer changed. Okay. Um, that because the book we read last week comes after this. Gotcha. Um, at least release date wise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we do have Jody uh, Wyan on the letters. And then I do want to call out, uh, like we talked about last time, Jenny Frasan does a lot of the covers, and holy shit, are they really good. They're oh, always yeah. really, really good. Absolutely. Um, so that needs to be acknowledged. Um, the story starts out, this is kind of, I, honestly, reading it, a lot of parts of it do remind me of the Wonder Woman movie. These oh, yeah. came out at almost the same time. Like, even on some of these covers, as you flip through them, it says, like, Wonder Woman, coming soon. Yeah, it was a year before. Yeah, and so they do actually, like, I, I don't know if it, how on purpose it was or how much they knew about what the movie was looking like, but there I'm is sure a lot there of synergy was, here. I'm sure there was a bit of synergy. Yeah, from the higher-ups. Be like, this is what it looks like. Make it kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is different in a big way because this is set in modern day. Yep. Um, this, this version of the origin um, sets up Wonder Woman to like appear for the first time in uh, in America, like in mo- like modern like 2020 yep. or 2016 when this took place. Yeah, like people got cell phones. Right, yeah. Like when she first appears, they have cell phones. That's, that's the biggest difference because most Wonder Woman origins have her showing up like a long time ago. Yep. Um, like even in the classic origin, it's her going against Nazis and that's where her origin is obviously in the Molten Marston stuff as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so in the show, I mean, it was like 70s, so I mean, it's not totally modern, but it's right. close enough. And I think this story had to be told, too, because the origins for Diana had been really mucked up, with, especially before this book. The New 52 tried to, like, reinvent it in, like, a whole way that made her more of, like, a, we've talked about it, more like a bloodthirsty warrior, like, yeah. you know, daughter of Zeus, yep. eventually will become the god of war. Like, that was the whole run was about that. It yeah, was, she was basically almost like Kratos. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they just wanted to make it Kratos. Right. <laughs> um, but this is Greg Rucka being like, no, 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 forget all that Which, shit. Which, I mean, in its own isolated story, it would be awesome, but you don't <laughs> well, build a whole character around that. Right. It's funny, because if we would have read The the Lies, the story that goes along with the, this one, the one that was alongside of it, that whole story is about how the New 52 origin was a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like, literally, it starts out with her realizing, like, the origins I thought were real. They were lies. Oh, my God, they were terrible. Oh, my God, they're so bad. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> that's what that whole run is about. I think that's hilarious. That's hilarious. It's just like Greg Ruck could be like, no, that was all bullshit. Now you realize as a character. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but the uh, when it starts out, it kind of starts out with both Steve, Trevor, like with his military unit and Diana, like looking at the stars. Like that's kind of their common like uh, thing that ties them together at first. Um, Diana is still like kind of like being tutored. She's not a kid like it normally starts out with. She's like pretty much right. It, this takes place like right before she's about to leave. Yeah. Um, so this is like right like as she's like preparing to like, you know, be a warrior like she, you know, be fully tutored, close to tutored, the end yeah. of training. Yeah. Um, one thing I do like that Rucka does here too, as well, is it's probably not done enough, but I do like that they acknowledge that Diana is actually uh, by here because she has oh, a really? girlfriend here. Cassia. Oh yeah, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it a couple times. Like they're like, oh, who's Wonder Woman with? Oh, Cassia, she's taken. Yeah, and then her and Steve Trevor talk about it later. Like, oh, did you have anyone special? Or her name was Cassia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's probably not as obvious as it should have been. Like even you were like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, yeah. I forgot at first, but then I remember specifically that conversation where Steve's like, did you leave like someone special behind or whatever? Right. Um, so it's probably not as obvious as it probably should have been made but i like that it's at least acknowledged here more than usual oh yeah for um, sure yeah because i yeah like the show and i mean even the movie like nothing's brought up like that yeah um and steve trevor like they do also it's, it's kind of like intercut between steve trevor and diana's lives as they kind of go through their thing um like uh, steve trevor's like you know having a good like vacation with his army buddies before they're about to go like on some like <laughs> da- dangerous mission i know and i love how they have to like build all this like emotional attachment to his like friend that he like has a kid and then they make steve like the the stepdad right. oh, like, oh, and then on. immediately when they crash he just dies it's yeah. like well yes yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that, um, and there's also a, a kind of a creepy part where Diana like goes off by herself and then finds this like decrepit tree. Yeah, um, this part was awesome. Yeah, which ends up being kind of like a symbol representing like Aries or like corruption. Yeah, um, it ends up being like the sign of this like cult group that is the one that ends up, or it turns out that Steve was like tracking down. Right, and they have very Aries tied in as well, yeah. Yep. Um, and so the, uh, the Oracle kind of finds her be like, oh, this is your sign. Like you're ready. Like this is a sign like that we need to, like things are changing. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, it does when they, uh, that plane, they, we don't really see the mission they were doing or how they get shot down. Um, I guess it's not really important. Yeah. Um, the plane goes down over Themyscira, which it always was going to like, that's the origin. And Wonder Woman like sees it as she's using her like uh, telescope to like view the stars, um, which I think is a cool like even the art is really cool here. It reminds me like those Greek like observatories. Like so I think that's kind of a cool touch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just like the Greek astronomy. Mm hmm. Um, and yeah, the plane crashes, and like you said, yeah, his whole unit is dead. But Steve Trevor's just like barely hanging on, like, and just like grabs Diana by the ankle, and just like help me. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and like yeah, he's got like shrapnel and shit in him. Like he is like near death. Um, but then they bring him to the uh, like the uh, the Amazon healers. Um, so yeah, the rest of them they're not really uh, able to save. They do kind of just like wrap them up, like you know, like ceremonially, just like to prepare them to like be brought home. Um, <laughs> Steve Trevor, they put in like the healing bath. Um, yeah, they like cover him in Pepto Bismol. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it looks like. <laughs> just a bunch of pink goo. Just like sit in a sunflower and get covered in Pepto Bismol. Right. How did they know my fantasy? <laughs> um, but yeah, see, the uh, Amazons kind of meet at this like council table, and I thought this scene was really cool, and it's really well illustrated too. They're kind of like going through Steve Trevor's stuff to figure out like who he is, where he's from, what his deal is, and what his like ideas for why he came here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of them, Aretto, kind of like goes through his stuff, and she pulls out like his pistol. And they're like, oh, what? What is that? Like, uh, and they look at like the patch on his uniform. Like, look, it's. I think it's these weapons that are like on this uh, symbol they have, the eagle yep. with the two, like the musket and whatnot. Yep. Um, and, and it's like, I believe that's the antecedent to this, and pulls out this modern pistol, and then literally like pulls it out, blam, like into a, a vase, like this elegant, uh, elegant vase. Yeah, it just lights up a vase. Yeah, that that panel especially. I don't know what it is about it. I really like it, just the way that that blam is drawn, like right behind it. Just seeing like an Amazon pull out this pistol, but. Like, Oh yeah, a lot of the action like panels with like gunshots, like how the like blam and like the subtitles like that are in- yeah. kind of incorporated like artistically. But it's cool seeing the, like them take these modern weapons they haven't seen before and just like instantly put it together like oh no, these are the weapons <laughs> yeah. of war. Here's how they work. Bam 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 bam. Instantly just a gunsmith. Yeah. Um there's a really really good uh, great scene too where uh, Diana and Steve Trevor basically for the first time like formally meet like yeah. besides on the beach. Um, and Diana, like, doesn't speak his language. It's not like in the, the comic or in the show where, like, they just know lang- a million languages. They can just speak anything. Which, this would make sense. This is more re- reasonable, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. it does also give us this really good scene where Steve Trevor wakes up and he, like, asks about his crew. And, like, she doesn't know what he's saying, but, like, even just by communication, just by body language, they kind of understand each other. Yeah, that's pretty um, universal. Yeah, so it's hard. It, like, just seeing, like, uh, and the way that it was lettered, too, is very clever. Because they have, like, that line around the bubble yep. when they're speaking a different language. A lot a lot of times they'll just like put it in asterisks or something. Yeah, it's kind of like grade. Yeah, I like this better because you can tell instantly like how the back and forth is going, and you can tell they don't understand each other. Yep. Um, 
yeah, that that's a really good scene, just of like nonverbal communication. Um, this this whole issue and this whole setup also reminds me a lot of the Wonder Woman TV show, which it probably should because the Wonder Woman TV show seems to have drawn extremely heavily from the Golden Age run. Oh yeah, because um, they have a lot of things that reminded me of that first episode that we watched from yep. the Linda Carter show. Yeah, I can say they throw down with the games. Yep, they except have a- this is more like a gladiator type game instead yeah. of like Olympics. I mean, it looks much cooler here, but of oh, course yeah. it was going to. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like a, it's pretty much done in one page, but it looks really good because uh, Nicholas Scott just has like all this like faded like uh like full page two full double page spread of just the whole like tournament going on. Yeah, and then it comes down to just Diana and two others, and it's just like uh, in the TV show when they had like the they pull out the guns. Yep. Um, this actually made me think maybe we should have given the show a little more credit for this scene because it yeah, makes sense real. to me where they got the guns now. Oh yeah. In the show, they don't say they got the guns from the the plane crash, but. That would make perfect sense. Oh, that's where definitely. They got it. So yeah. I think we didn't give that show enough credit. I think I, if I were to go back, I would not make fun of them for that. I mean, like the '70s lens, like the over-the-top, like, so, like <laughs> disco yeah. background music. Like yeah. it, it kind of muddles it that way. But yeah, I was not giving them be- the benefit of the doubt, though, which definitely. I should have. They yeah. had a reason for it. It just wasn't explained. It was under the subtext, and I was the dumb dumb. Oh, yeah, that's on us. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's cool because they take out the pistol. Like if you're going to the man's world, you need to defend against their weapons. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it goes way uh, worse in the comic though than it did in the show. Yeah. The people that messed up in the show got it way easier. Yeah, they, these people actually get shot. They're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, one takes like a, a bullet to the gut. It's like Jesus, like that's yeah, bad. Just go to the healing sunflower and get covered <laughs> yeah. in Pepto Bismol. You'll be fine. Yeah, even the healer's like, don't worry, we know what to do. It's like still though, like that's a that's a gut shot. That's pretty <laughs> sticky. Um, but this page at the end where Diana, it's Diana's turn to do the tournament. The way this was scripted and the way this was illustrated, it's just oh, perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because she goes up and she's like, parry my shot. And Wonder Woman just puts up the iconic like bracers in the X. Yeah. You don't even need to see it. Yeah. Just, they don't even show it. It just flips to her leaving and uh, to the mission. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. Cause you just know. Like you got the pose. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't need to see it. It oh, happened. No. For because sure. she's fucking Wonder Woman. <laughs> like that, I think it's just so good. It's just like. Of course. Yeah. It's just that, uh, that of course moment. Yeah, you don't got to show it. Oh, and this clever tie-in too, the invisible jet. This is such a clever I know, way to use th- it. That actually was a great tie-in. This is such a good way to make, to modernize the invisible jet, just to have it be a reference too. It doesn't have to be a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, They take the jet that crashed, like the one that Steve Trevor and his crew were in, yep. like all the wreckage, and they put it back together, remade it, and then outfitted it to have like camo tech. Yep. So it's like an invisible plane that they refurbished to send them back as which, like a one-way trip. Yeah, which is like the perfect vessel to, you know, like incognito get out so like no one sees where you're coming from. Right. That's such a cool tie-in to make this like super cheesy, honestly, really out of place thing fit in the Wonder Woman universe. Yeah. And then to top it off in the next issue, once they get to the destination, the plane just like disintegrates. Right. And like it leaves no evidence behind. And it's like, okay, how is this like the perfect fucking plan? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's just a cool way because the what the invisible plane was always like, I mean, it's cool, uh, but it's like it never it doesn't really fit in with like your idea of like an ancient Greek society. Yeah. It, it It's a little out of <laughs> field yeah it's not really as mythical as you'd be expecting it's more <laughs> yeah. like tony starkey but uh but yes this is a really cool tie-in to just have that be and then a line i like from steve trevor like when they're leaving he's like oh you're sending us home like all of us they see him like putting the bodies like into the plane like i thank you like they understand like the the respect of like the dead and whatnot yeah yeah for sure um the way they explain how her powers originate is interesting here too i think it's a, an interesting way to kind of make it make sense if you're trying to visualize like where her powers are coming from because down the island none of them had like wonder woman powers mm-hmm. and even when she leaves like here and when she's first going she doesn't have them yet either yeah she's just like for for all intents and purposes just a very like uh well-trained normal woman yeah um and they're flying in the invisible jet and they crash like on the beach and it's like uh hello can i borrow your phone which i thought was a cool line <laughs> um and some guys just like uh what um and then i mean god damn it this part just sucks she goes to the um like steve trevor takes her in <laughs> and the first thing that happens is the cops try to shoot her oh so yeah I'm like, just pull the guns oh, fucking course <laughs> like i mean at least it's accurate <laughs> yeah that tracks um so like I, oh, I just hate it because she like Diana like gets arrested and Steve Trevor's like no it's okay you should just let yourself get arrested yeah because we'll sort it all out they'll figure out you're a good guy and Diana's like are you sure because this seems really messed up <laughs> and then she just like goes along with it I'm like eh, okay I was like no they really have your best like uh interest in I'd mind. rather have Diana just like walloping all of these people be like nah fuck you right just hit him with the whip and just get him out of the way yeah really that's what I would have preferred but right. no Diana's like gonna go like into the cell and be like okay we'll work this out which yeah. is just to me like that's a very like rucka thing to include in the story but I that's, know that's like, and he, like yeah, just follow the rules he's a great Diana. writer but he's not perfect and this is the time like when it's, it's like yeah no you should trust the authority yeah trust the system it yeah. will work it'll work out you just have to be patient and be nice about it yeah uh, okay i don't know about that
about that. Their but. jobs are hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jesus. that's the one part of the story that's not perfect. Yeah. Um, um, but when they're when they're trying to figure out, because none of them, again, none of them speak her language. Like even Steve and her have like barely been communicating up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to bring in help, and this is where um, this is a really cool tie-in to her origin. This part I really like a lot is tying uh, Barbara and Minerva into Diana's origin. Oh yeah, that's that's super good because it gives them a lot of history, then a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, because Minerva is just like basically teaching like ancient history at this college when this helicopter like lands outside and like they're like the government needs you (laughs) oh shit class dismissed (laughs) by the way uh class over yeah i guess you all pass (laughs) you'll never see me again she doesn't come back like what happens to these students right (laughs) that always happens in movies where it's like well i always never i always hated being a teacher (laughs) fuck all of you (laughs) you're paying for nothing i was only doing this until the military called me in again so fuck (laughs) you i'll be enjoying my pension for years Um, so, yeah, they call in Minerva to uh, try to, like, figure out what's going on here. And then but while she's on her way, Diana gets visited by uh, by her gods, the patrons, um, like yeah. the Greek gods. And they visit her in animal form and actually bestow upon her her Wonder Woman powers, essentially. For, yeah, um, which I think it's a cool term. angle. Yeah, it, ma- it kind of, like, makes the her powers, like, the source of her powers, like, hit a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, these are the powers granted by gods. Like, yep. that, that's where that comes from. Yep. And uh, one, one thing Rucka does really well um, with comics in general is I think... Anytime you read a Rucka comic, it's just like, I don't really know how to describe this in a super eloquent or smart way, but it just comes off as like super easy to read, like flipping through it. Yeah. It's like the way people talk is always like, they are, they always think in inter- interesting ways and ask good questions yep. and kind of like the dialogue wise, it always go like, they don't repeat information too often. It kind of just like keeps going from point A to point B in like, wait, like these characters seem smart. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of what I guess I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's very um, straightforward and to the point, but to like the extent that it's like, uh, like I appreciate it. And detail oriented too. Yeah. Is, I yeah. Think, a big part. Of it. Oh like, yeah! In the, in this scene where like Minerva is trying to like translate between like her and Diana, she breaks down a little just like interesting points that I think like you know trying to figure out like well her name is Roman but like these come from like ancient Greek like I'm trying to piece together where this language comes from just like little things she says like that I think are really interesting. Like, oh yeah! You you would have like probably as a writer had to like do some research on like linguist with linguistics and like ancient Greece and stuff. Yeah, like, like I think that's where the research pays off. Yeah, for sure. And, and and just like the way Minerva talks too, where she's like, uh, Etta asks her like, they're talking about the Greek gods. Are you sure you're not making a translation mistake? Which is a very reasonable question to ask because it oh, sounds yeah. ridiculous. Yep. And then she says uh, a line that's like, well, they're proper names. There's not really a lot of room for confusion. Like a like a little line like that. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like from a linguistic kind of like point of view. Oh yeah. Like, like there's certain things you just know. And then, like, Diana, like, immediately shows off her powers by just, like, breaking open the, the jail doors. Like, can we leave now? <laughs> yeah, just rips the bars off. Uh, there's actually, right after this is a, a, an issue that I really liked, which is all about Minerva and kind of just, like, her childhood and her origins. Yeah. It's not even her origins, like, to be the cheetah, which I thought yep. was... Because, like, that would have been a really easy thread to pull. Be like, and the cheetah now. That's what I thought they were going to build yeah. up to. Like, have it end with her becoming the cheetah. That would have yep. been a really easy ending. Oh, yeah. But, like, this is... Like, Rucka, I like, clearly wanted this to be all about, like, Barbara and Minerva like before any of that like it wanted to be purely like a human like story about just like this girl yeah because they build up he just builds up another layer before you even get the cheetah right which is awesome um but I, then again if you're reading this alongside like he wanted you to story by story you are getting some cheetah you've so already seen the this cheetah, is cool yeah. placement if you're reading it that way though too. oh yeah um because this would have been right in the middle of both of those stories yep um and yeah her origin it, it's really it's uh it's kind of um I, I liked it because her dad, like she clearly, it, it seems like she grew up in like this rich society. Like her dad is like, mm, she can't be playing little fairy games. She has to yeah. learn books. Yeah, they're in Nottinghamshire. You can't make money off of stories. <laughs> like he's like clearly just the worst. Yeah, it gives her the old like, there's time for fun and games, and it's gone. Right, <laughs> imagination is for losers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and Barbara Ann's just like cute, like going around, like playing with her sword, like, I am a god, I will slay the gods. Yeah, he's like, to me, warriors. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it, it, it like cuts from that, and then he's like, no, and like throws her sword and shield into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, you son of a bitch. Right. What a prick. Yeah. And then she's like, oh. But then clearly she stuck with it because it cuts to uh, her in modern day, um, like in, in her mid 20s with this like excavation team uh, out, in, uh, out in the Ukraine. Um, they're digging up what she thinks is going to be like Amazon ruins. 
Uh, it seems like this is kind of a crew she just like kind of tagged along with, uh, even though she's kind of like making friends. Like she's kind of like drinking, drinking with them, kind of like telling them what's up. Yeah. Um, telling them like what them what they're gonna find and having like a drinking contest with them as well. Which yeah, is, she is thinks funny. Or they all think she's full of shit and like cause, right because this hasn't been proven yet. And, but she thinks it's there, but like no one else believes her. Yeah, like they're just here for like for the money. Where yeah. she's here, they chasing like Atlantis basically, and they're kind of like eh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but she, like her take on what she thinks uh, the Amazons is pretty cool because like she talks about all like kind of just the Amazon like myths and where they might have come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says like you know like I think they were kind of trying to make the Amazons seem like weak or foolish or like you know uh, just like dumb. But I think maybe what we think is myth was maybe just propaganda. Maybe they were trying to make them not seem powerful. And yeah. Maybe they were real. Yeah, because they like definitely lost and they definitely didn't have a hand in writing like what their history was. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I think she's got a cool take on that and. Uh, and she's like, well, I'm going to go to bed before that cliff falls over because it doesn't look stable. It's it's uh, it's raining pretty hard. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, she wouldn't say that for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> going to come up. Old Chekhov's, uh, like, not durable cliff. Yeah, and then everyone's like, eh, cliff's <laughs> fine. <laughs> 100% sure about it. Yep, and then as she sleeps, uh, sure as shit, yeah, the cliff falls over. Like, right as she's she, like, wakes up and, like, goes into the tomb. And then, like, right as she's about to leave, it, like, falls in so no one can find her. But she's able to find, like, this uh, this ancient shrine of, like, the Amazons where it, like, lists, like, the names on the wall. It's, like, it's like the proof she needed yep. um, that this whole thing existed. But then, like, right as she finds it, the cave-in starts and she just barely escapes. She's like, I swear there's, like, an Amazon shrine in there. <laughs> You've got to believe we me. We just have to keep digging for, like, a week more. And they're like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy's like, you know, you're unbelievably... Like, they basically think she's trying to lie to push yeah. her thesis. It's like, this is so low of you. Yeah, that comes up a lot with scientists, especially in comic book stuff. Like, it oh, came yeah. up with uh, Alec Holland in the Swamp Thing show. Yeah. Where it's like, I was trying to prove my thesis by making up stuff, hoping that eventually we'd find the truth. Yep. Um, and that's what they're kind of ac- accusing her of here. It's like, you're brilliant. You don't need to lie. And she's like, I'm not lying, you son of a fucking bitch. Yep. Which is pretty much the downfall of all like UFO like people and all that. They just try to, or especially it's, it happens a lot with Bigfoot people where they'll fake like Bigfoot evidence and be like, "Well, I just I faked it because I wanted more people to like pay attention and like put resources into right. fu- actually finding Bigfoot." Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like that's not how it works. Yeah, that's gonna be the downfall. <laughs> yep. Um, but I mean, for her though, that's kind of like the inciting uh, incident in her origin there. Like that's what proves to her that she's on the right track. Like, yeah, this isn't uh, a thing you should give up on. Like this is the tip of the iceberg. So like the, the comic kind of goes through her just basically exploring the world, and this is a really really good page too. I like this uh, a lot where it kind of shows her with the map behind her and her different panels of her going to like to Malta, to uh, Bulgaria, to Greece, uh, like to the middle of the desert. Like it's a really cool page. And she finds uh, she finds someone like in the desert with that uh, tree, yep. that like decrepit tree into his chest, which we'll find out later is like a symbol of Aries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's definitely like on the right track. And she even meets with like some uh, like old woman who seems to have like magical abilities and kind of like shows her like a little bit of, of like that she's on the right track, which we find out later seems to be one of the patrons. Yeah, it's, it I think it's the same owl. owl yeah. yeah, so it's it's definitely like the gods are guiding her to a certain path. Yeah, which in we'll find out. Uh, or if you read on in this run later on, you'll see that's something she's very upset about. Okay, because they kind of led her on a path that kind of ended up fucking her over. I was gonna say, I'm assuming that's what ends up making her cheetah. Eventually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that that's kind of the tragic part of this ending is we don't see her become the cheetah, but when she's on this island, that's that's where it happens. Yeah. So when she lands on that island, because she la- thinks she's getting a paradise island. Yeah, and that that's the really sad part because this final line, like God, I love this issue so much. This final line, she goes there. It's like it's real, but if it's real, where is everyone? Like where are you? Mm-hmm. And then she says, "I went the wrong way," and then we see like this decrepit tree and like. This is where everything's going to turn south for her. Unfortunately, she yep. went the wrong way, and she was gu- <laughs> well. More accurately, she was guided the wrong way. Yeah, uh, the gods were like, "No, you don't get to go to Paradise Island. You get to go to Furry Island." Yeah, they did the old bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in the movie Cats now. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong universe. Yeah, weird. They put that in the physical one. They put that issue at the end of like of what we read. It was like the last issue in that physical copy. What was that? The one we just read. That, oh, really? That origin one. Oh, that's really that's the last issue. In in the, when you read it in trade paperback version, because we actually me and you read this differently. I read it digitally. You have because uh, I have the trade yeah, paperback. So yeah, I, I read your read trade. That. So it it doesn't end with the Aries confrontation. Like Aries confrontation comes before that. Yep, and then that issue is the last one. What the yeah. fuck? That's yeah, it's so weird. What the hell? Why would that's very bizarre to me. Anyway, uh, yeah, because having it put there definitely makes a lot more sense for what's about to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, I, guess, I guess once you get to that end, it's like, oh, that's what happened earlier. But it's like, I feel like it, it's a lot cooler to I, see I it I feel beforehand. like you should set up 
Minerva, like, before you get into, like, the stuff, like, like, she's just doing, like, translating here, basically. Yeah. Like, that's the only character building you get from her in this, besides her, like, you know, also, like, building her relationship with Etta. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. Very, they're very clearly, like, into each other during the, uh, this whole arc. Yep. Um, yeah, because, because like, but in these next couple issues, like, she's a lot more involved. Yeah, exactly. Like, with what's going on. Um, and yeah, there's a really g- good scene here where they're just kind of like going through the mall showing Wonder Woman stuff. Uh, they're at- finally able to get her to like, uh, speak to all of them. The lasso of truth they find out can, yeah. like, it's basically a universal translator. Yeah. That's a nice fucking trade to have. Yeah. That's, that's pretty uh, convenient. She's like, oh good. I thought I was going to have to learn a bunch of languages. This is <laughs> right. much easier. Yeah. This fast tracks it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it actually ends up being that like, while she has that, she's able to somehow like learn languages and read different languages faster. She kind of, like, hints towards that, where, like, it allows her to, like, pick it up easier, which I guess makes sense, because, like... If you're hearing them speak it, but then understanding it while holding it, then you can I kinda... guess the idea is, like, it's the lasso of truth, so if you don't understand what they're saying, it's going to convert it to you, so you hear the truth. Yeah, Is yeah. my take on it. I which, suppose, yeah. Meeting it more than halfway, but the lasso of truth is cool, so I'm, I'm, I like ha- the I'm happy with it doing cool things. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I, I like the concept. Yeah. And there's a good line, too, where, like, uh, Minerva's like, are you trying to get Wonder Woman drunk here? She's like, no, uh, Min- uh, Barbara Ann, I'm trying to get you drunk. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're going to kiss. It's like uh, she's like yeah, three margaritas will just like buzz her just like a little bit. Yeah, look at this, it's like a warrior one. <laughs> yeah, she's not gonna harm her. She's six two. Um, and then yeah, there's a like a kind of like two like gunmen come through the mall. Like it seems very randomly, but then you find out that there's like a the Ares on their chest. Like Ares led them here. Yeah, because they're all just chanting like the same line about some dude's will not being fulfilled. Yeah, but we do get some really cool uh, Nicholas Scott. Um, like action scenes of her like using the lasso to like disarm them and oh yeah there's a really good one of her like outspeeding the bullet to like save the family who she spoke with earlier and just like uh like going ping 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 oh yeah like, against all the bullets at once like the, the way this like that's like i mean like the illustration on this is just nicholas scott was drawing like the comic like she really wanted to fucking do like you can tell oh definitely and what's cool too is you can kind of tell she's learning what her powers are too and minerva calls it out after this like she says like i i don't think she even knew what her powers were I think she was just discovering it, mm-hmm. which actually adds a lot more to her throwing herself on the grenade like seconds ago because she didn't know she was going to live that. Yeah, that part was a little interesting. Yeah, like she puts her hands over the grenade and it just goes, poof, Yeah, she's invulnerable, but she didn't know that. So she was just like Steve, like Steve, uh, I keep wanting to say Trevor, Trevor. but Steve Rogers oh, in yeah. Captain America <laughs> when he jumps on the Wait, grenade. Wait, Steve Trevor? Steve Trevor, or... In this book, oh yeah, Steve Trevor? <laughs> wait, who's Steve Trevor? It's this shirtless hunk that she's carrying. I thought, I thought, you, were, I thought you were saying like Steve Trevor was the wrong thing. I was that's like, wait. why. I, no, that's why I was confused myself. Oh, I was gotcha. trying to say Steve Rogers, but then I was like Steve Trevor, Trevor, <laughs> shirtless man. Yeah, right. Um, one thing that I do, uh, like I feel like this whole Aries thing in year one is kind of thrown together at the end. Like they kind of rush the Aries confrontation very quickly. Yeah, like I like all of the, all of the origin stuff, like her like learning her powers, her interacting with Steve for the first time, her and all the Minerva stuff is very good. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But like the when the actual Aries stuff gets through, it's so like these last couple issues are so exposition heavy of them just like sitting in offices, being like, Aries could strike anywhere. He's going through these terrorist organizations. We need to stop them. Hoorah! Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, eh, okay, okay, okay. Like, fine. Like, I get it. She has to go save the day. The whole light bulb moment is a little ridiculous, too, because it's like, oh, it's the seer group. But wait, Diana, I turn the letters around and do you know it's Aries? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, come on. Sears was Aries the whole time. (laughs) It's like, really? No one else saw that? Come on. Even Aries. You can be more clever. Right. Sears. Like you don't have to be like a a freaking expert in Greek mythology to know who Aries is. (laughs) Like someone should have put that together. It's a four letter word. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it becomes like it's it's very clearly rushed because they're talking about how they're going to like track down Ares and confront him. Yeah. And then Ares <laughs> just comes to them. Yeah. Like he just smashes through the window, like, like scripting boo, wise. They're like, oh, wait, we're running out of pages. Uh, he shows up. Poof. <laughs> yeah. He's here now. <laughs> Your it's, planning was worthless. It's like me when I'm DMing a game in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, oh, shit, the villain was supposed to be here. Uh, <laughs> he kicks open the door. He's here. <laughs> here it is. Uh, and yeah, he shows up. It looks awesome. Again, the illustration. Oh, yeah. Nothing to complain about here. Absolutely. Um, him just smashing through the wall looks really cool here. Um, the ending twist, too, is not 
the most clever thing ever <laughs> um, because it basically comes down to uh, Wonder Woman and Ares having a really big fight, uh, which, cool, fine way to end it. Yeah, it looks great. But then the co- final confrontation is like, uh, Ares is like, if you want to end wars, like if you want to send- save their lives, then make a deal with me. I want to find the Mascara, and I'm going to find it no matter what. So tell me what you know. And yeah. he phrases it specifically like that. And Diana's like, all right, we have a deal. I'll tell you what I know. And then uh, he does it. He's like scans her mind and you're like, oh shit, she's done it. She's yeah. made the ultimate sacrifice. And then Ares is like, wait a minute. You don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Your memory was wiped clean. Yeah. It's, like, then, it's like, did that happen? Well, they yeah, because they, they told her she could never come home. And I think she's like, even Wonder Woman like didn't really know that. I know. It seems like she did at the end. But I understood that. I figured it was more of just like a... With how, because like in the movie, it'd, it'd be something close to that. More like where a like, force field Where like situation. the portal type deal is, yeah. would be like just closed off to her, I felt like. But yeah. yeah. The way they explain it here, I mean, on paper, it is a clever ending. It just feels very anticlimactic. Oh, um, definitely. Because on paper, it's kind of cool because it's like she doesn't realize it at first. She's like, oh, they took that memory from me, like how to travel there. Like it's a mystical way to travel there. Now I can't do it anymore. You know, it was a gimme for her, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, just like the way that's the final confrontation is like Ares just being like made look like to look like an asshole like <laughs> yeah. oh by the letter of the law i guess you're right <laughs> yeah, shit it's just aries being like oh i've been hoodwinked yeah getting like out satan <laughs> like shit right say i have nothing on satan he's so much better at these deals <laughs> <laughs> um so that's like most of year one i really like and when i when i think back on it the really memorable parts are those first few issues of like her on the island her meeting steve those first couple scenes of her like on uh like in america like kind of just like learning what the human race is yeah like that that's really where this the issue like this whole book shines and like seeing the mascara looks really great mm-hmm. um but then when they get to the aries stuff it's like super rushed at the end which kind of reminds me of the movie oh <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of parallels there. Yeah, so hey, that's another synergy moment. <laughs> um, and also, a really good segue. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that'll bring us to the end of year one. Oh, actually, well, we should talk quickly about oh, the yeah, annual. Yeah. Um, there's not too much. It's like a 10-page annual. But, yeah. Um, there is... Uh, I wanted to talk about it. It's not actually in the trade, but uh, Nicholas Scott did come back with Greg Rucka uh, like a couple months later to do the Wonder Woman annual, do one story in it. Uh, and it's the story of Wonder Woman's like first meeting with Batman and Superman, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, it's not too much. It just shows like uh, Clark like seeing it on TV, like Wonder Woman, like in the news coverage from that attack on the mall. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And Lois Lane's like, "Oh shit! I have to go back to work." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this might be a story. I'm missing the biggest story ever. <laughs> it's like, you go check this out, Clark. Yeah, and uh, Batman's on the case too. Alfred's like, "I'll, I'll give you a mystery uh, to look over while I stitch you up." And uh, Batman's like looking at the screen, like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> And uh, I, I think Greg Rucka writes a really good Superman here. Um, the Batman, he, Greg Rucka likes to write grumpy Batman, and that's fine, I guess. That's his version of Batman. Yeah. Um, it's an easy one to fall into. And I guess this is early Batman, too, so that's fine, I guess. Because yeah. uh, this, like, this, uh, this is like the new 52 origin for all intents and purposes. Like, Batman, Superman, and all of them have been around for roughly like five to seven years, uh, even at this point in continuity where okay. it takes place. Gotcha. So this is like their modern origin. Okay. So it, like, Superman and Batman have like just met, kind of. Uh, and it kind of shows them like trying to scout down Wonder Woman and find her and they're both like they both meet at the same rock yeah and there's a line which I really like Batman's like I'm trying to find her alone what are you doing you're blowing my cover <laughs> and Superman's like oh well I wanted to track her down and my spot was lonely so I wanted to come over here and join you <laughs> I mean I saw you you're not very sneaky yeah she's so, like I don't get lonely yeah he's like, like oof oh, okay Batman grumble <laughs> like okay whatever Batman <laughs> and then Diana like sneaks up on both of them she's like are you guys following me and they're both like uh yeah, no are you guys spying on me <laughs> creeps and uh, they're both just trying to find out, like, what her deal is. Like, is this an ally? Is this someone I can trust? And the way they do it is pretty clever. Cause she's like, well, if, you tr- if we're trying to find out if we can trust each other, grab onto this yeah. and pulls out the lasso of truth. I'm like, you know what? It is that easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a pretty good uh, good segue. And Superman, of course, like, right away is like, okay, yeah, of course. My name's Clark. Uh, you can call me Kal-El. That's my other name. Like, just giving the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And But he, the part that I thought was kind of funny is when Batman grabs the lasso. <laughs> yeah. You'd think, like, he's holding the lasso. He's going to say his real name. But yep. when, when she asks him his name, he says Batman. Yep. Which I think is kind of a cool touch. Which, like, yeah, to that... him, that's his name. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that little detail. I think that's kind of a cool touch, yeah. For sure. Especially in early Batman. Like, he doesn't see himself as Bruce. He sees himself as, like, a weapon. Yeah, yeah it, like, especially when he's in the suit, too. Yeah. Like, when he's in the suit, like, he's 100% he Batman. Batman yeah. yeah. So I thought that was cool. Like, it would have been easy to have it be like, Bruce yeah, Wayne. I'm Bruce Batman. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm Groose Green. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so it's just like a short little story, but Nic- Nicholas Scott comes back for the art, so we get to see her draw Batman and Superman, which is worth the price alone. Yeah, because the um, ending line is great, because Superman and Batman just kind of look at each other like, well, like, I'm, I mean, I'm a little messed up, because, I mean, she just saw, like, our true selves, and we saw hers, and, like, we got a shit ton of work to do. Yep, that's a really good line. <laughs> like, she's way better than both of us. Like, yeah. We need to do better. <laughs> like, we are pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Batman's like, oh, shit, I, like, beat the shit out of people <laughs> oh no <laughs> what have i done <laughs> uh but yeah so that was just a cool little ending uh, that i thought would be cool to include in this just because oh, yeah. nicholas scott came back for the art and like i said she was the star of the show in this story for me because yeah because when i finished the trade paper uh like the last one was that uh cheetah or, or the um maneuver origin one yeah. and the, that wasn't even included in it i feel so. like it should be yeah. it definitely should it's be. included in the later trades but at that point it's like yeah, th- yeah it fits in well with this it's very clearly meant to be a part of this for I think. sure yeah um, but yeah, that'll bring us to the uh, the movie that we watched for this week. It's, uh, of course, the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman movie. I'm, I'm assuming most people who listen to a comic book podcast have seen this movie. Yeah, uh, it was pretty big. If you haven't, go back and watch it. It's on HBO. Or uh, If you're going to be watching the sequel, that's probably where you're going to be watching it. Yeah. Unless you're a dum-dum who goes to theaters, which don't do that. Definitely um, not. So that, I imagine if you have HBO, you might as well go back and watch this beforehand if you want to like um, get revisited before we go, because... Um, it holds up very well even going back and watching it now. Like, I'm very happy with this movie in general. Oh, yeah. It's still um, solid. Yeah. The ending, of course, is very rushed. We'll talk about that um, because I do actually I learned something new about that, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a recent Patty Jenkins interview that I actually just saw today. Oh, really? Um, when we get to that point. Um, so we don't have to talk over too many of the plot details because I feel like people know this movie pretty well. It's still pretty fresh. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, some things that I really liked about it in general are just, like, they really nail Wonder Woman, like, not being, like, we talked about the New 52, not being, like, the the warrior, like, the the, the killer, like, the the soldier. Yeah, She's yeah. very much, like, a champion of, like, peace, a champion of, like, love. Like, yeah. That's her whole reason of, like, leaving, and that's even the line she ends on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they, they really nail that. And even, like, the sword... Like Wonder Woman having the sword is not always something I'm a big fan of, but by the end of this, it kind of seems like they're doing that away completely. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, yeah, especially with the end. Yeah, because the sword gets destroyed completely, and then I think in the in 1984, I haven't seen a single shot where she's using the sword. Well, it's kind of used as a classic, like kind of tropey moment where it's like oh like the 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 god or the huge mickey weapon was never like the object you have like it's actually you like you're right. the one with the powers right. so it's like it's cool like use for that right and I, even just symbolically i like wonder woman like the lasso and the shield is enough like that's oh, enough yeah, to be cool sure. and, like have like cool fights without having like the uh negative kind of just like because just seeing her use a sword is very weird to me because like there's no way just, to use that non-lethally you know? i know and like <laughs> and practically even like yeah. it's just a uh, too clunky they had the sword shield and the whip like it's just too much and i don't think sword fights look as cool as people think they do like i think the lasso is way cooler oh for sure especially the way we see it like it's going to be used in 1984 like the crazy ways they're using it yeah (laughs) Yeah, and using it to like deflect bullets like there's really cool ways you can use that oh for sure um so the sword comes up a little bit here i feel like there was some executive kind of push for both that and like some of the stuff we see later yeah um which we find out they did have a big hand in this movie um unfortunately yep uh but like most of the stuff is nailed pretty well um the themiscara looks great um I, I would have preferred uh, spending maybe like a little more time like with their like history. Like we kind of get, I guess we kind of get it told like from like a storybook perspective. But seeing See, it would have been a, l- a little bit cooler. Yeah, see, I, I, that whole like ten minute sequence where she's like reading basically it's a, a little a bedtime slow, story, yeah. and it's like that cheesy like weird looking animation where it's like half digital half like surreal yeah and it's just like it i mean the movie's already pretty long to begin with and it's just it seems like a sequence that just does not need to be in it yeah i'm sure you don't like it would have been like expensive like most to film, people but, yeah i guess but like i mean they do it in like uh in the thor movie they show like you know in norse times like them fighting the war with ancient odin like they yeah. show like that scene and like even when they open like snyder justice league it opens with like, this giant war between like and they sh- you see like zeus throwing a lightning bolt yeah, yeah so i'm like seeing a little bit of that could have been cool but not important i guess yeah i suppose um, I mean, it would have been better than, like, the weird-looking animations. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> I, I think the whole premise that uh, that this movie follows was really clever, setting it in World War One and making Ares the villain, like, the under-the-surface villain. I think that was a really, really good touch. Yeah. Um, because having it be, like, the Great War, especially before they even know World War II's happening, like, to them, this is, like, the biggest war that's ever happened. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Chris Pine has some really good lines in this movie talking about it, where he's like, it feels like the world's gonna end. I've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, a really good way to describe World War One, just, like, new weapons being deployed in, like, terrible ways. Yeah. Like, to, to a 
god like Ares, this would be like, yes, I'm finally doing it. Yep. And like, because I remember even growing up, like World War One takes a pretty big backseat to World War Two, so it's cool to like put it in like that kind of context. Yeah, there's not a lot of movies set in World War One. It's always almost always World War Two. I feel like. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so setting that in in this time, I think was a really good touch, and especially with like the chemical warfare, and, and that's oh yeah a great touch for Doctor Poison as well, who is like a, a very like established uh, Wonder Woman villain. So yep. having her be like this role is is very clever as well. Yeah, that's a great angle because one of the worst things to come out of world war one was the use of chemical warfare yeah and like chemo and like mustard gas and shit so like that's cool to include that because that actually is like a actual historical thing yep so yeah they tied that in pr- pr- pretty well um but like the way they tied that in like the Ares stuff like the whole premise of the movie like ties around like uh are humans like the evil like are they doing this themselves or were they is it like the old stories where they were corrupted by evil gods yeah to be evil and that's kind of like the the central moral question is like is it that easy to just go and stab Ares and all wars end like is it that simple yeah and the whole movie diana's like yes it's that simple he like this person is aries and i have the god killer sword all i have to do is kill them and like the corruption will be gone you all be you'll, you'll all be freed and you'll be the perfect humans that zeus made you to be yeah and so like that's a really interesting premise for her to like go and like have this very clear mission and then when she stabs him she looks around and sees that like the bombs are still going like it wasn't that easy mm-hmm. um like she stabs like who she has very good reason to think is aries <laughs> that that dude even like talks like Ares I for know. no reason so many times. It's yeah, like, <laughs> it's basically just like a super methed out dude who yeah. like just fights super strong. Yeah, like it was like the biggest. Like even he wanted to be a red herring. Oh yeah, <laughs> like Very there's a part so. where like Diana like she like uh, is undercover and like dancing with him and he's like you know nothing about the gods <laughs> and like even a super deep voice you're like oh shit it is Ares yeah it's like, like that's the proof like why else would he say something so weird and specific yeah no it's uh, he's got your classic like coked out. Where, you, where <laughs> nope. you think you're an actual god. <laughs> nope, that's all it was. I am Ares, the god of war. <laughs> and like it turns out Ares was whispering to him, but yeah. still, it wasn't making him do a voice. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> that, was him. that was all him. That was all him. That was those were all the sniffy blue drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Um but this is the part I wanted to talk about because this is the biggest complaint a lot of people have with this movie is it sets up a really good ending right here because mm-hmm. her stabbing the villain, or at least who she thinks is like the Ares, and then seeing that war is still happening. Like, Steve Trevor goes over to her and gives her, like, a really good speech where he's like, I wish it were that easy. Like, I wish it were as easy as going and stabbing the the main bad guy, but it's not that simple. It's systemic. Yeah. Like, this comes everywhere, and even we're not the good guys. Like, yep. we're all wrapped up in this shit, shit pile, and there's no getting... It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you want to hate war and hate all this, hate me, too, because I'm the same way. Yep. So it's like, that's a really good way to say, oh, shit, like, this is more... This is a more complicated knot than just superhero go stab the bad guy. It's yeah. Over. Yeah. Like we we save the day. Yep. So I think that's a really good message, especially like for a war movie. Be like these problems are hard to fix. They're still worth fixing, but yeah. it's not going to be that easy or like or that violent for that matter. Yep. Like you're not going to be able to just like go get a big flashy violent end and call it a day. Yeah, which is a great message. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like the shiniest, but it's still like it's it tracks. But then the problem is. The movie doesn't end there. Yeah, they literally flip it on its head immediately after. And then, I mean, everyone knows what happens. Uh, Bill Nye comes back. Like, the British guy is like, I was actually <laughs> Ares the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, I was a pasty British man, so you didn't suspect me. <laughs> I'm then, Ron Weasley's dad. <laughs> <laughs> you would never have suspected Ron Weasley's dad. Um, but yeah, he comes in and, like, even gets the God of War armor, and they have a big CGI fight. Yeah. Um, and then she does end up killing Ares, which you would think would do something based on what we were led to like there was a god of war so i guess steve trevor kind of looks at it which i think is the messed up part like oh i guess my whole like heart rousing speech was wrong i guess you're right there is a bad guy to stab go stab (laughs) him (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the part i wanted to bring up that i thought was interesting is i was reading uh, an interview with patty jenkins like today like while we were getting ready to do this podcast Mm -hmm. and she actually like opened up about it and talked about the production of that movie and she said that like actually that was her biggest like the thing that bothered her about the movie too because executives came in like the studio came in and basically told her like the ending you have for this movie isn't good enough like it's a superhero movie you need to have a big flashy bad guy fight yeah like you can't have Ares in this movie and not have him show up with the armor and the fire and be Ares yeah like they were like the studio basically said you can't do that you Ares needs to show up at the end and have a fight here yep which and then she t- and the, that's that's the heartbreaking part is Patty Jenkins even said this verbatim. She was like, and that's the hard part when I see people criticize the movie and say that is their main criticism of it because 
that's mine too. Yeah. Like I didn't want that. Yeah. That's, so that's the rough part. It's like how this movie could have been perfect, you know? I know. I, I, that's why I feel so bad for directors. I get like the half basically pigeonholed into that. Cause yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why David Lynch is one of my favorites. Cause he won't do a movie if he can't get final cut on it. Cause he learned that the hard way after Dune. Cause yeah, like directors, unless you get final cut, like it's not a hundred percent your movie. Right. And if you're going to be doing like a superhero movie or any studio movie for that matter, Good luck. you're not going to get final no. cut. Yeah. Yeah. If your movie is spending like hundreds of millions of dollars, you're not getting final say. As much as your voice is like the like leading the message and the script and like the scenery and like as much as it's your art, you're not it's you're not making it for you. They're making it for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, unfortunately. Yeah. The guys at the final stay are still the ones in the top floor. Yeah. That, I mean that that makes sense. Because like, did, did you hear David Lynch? Not to get too far off track. Uh, but did you hear he almost like he was offered to do like the six Star Wars movie and turned it down? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, this isn't really my thing. So no. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas took him to like the set and everything, and he saw what an Ewok was, and he's like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the funniest story yeah. of all time. But unfortunately, yeah, so I feel bad for Patty Jenkins. But the cool part is she said, like, I'm never going to let them do that again. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll walk before I let them do that Which again. Which is odd. Like, that's that's Which, the noble path. That's, that's also really encouraging for 1984, so it makes me really excited to watch that on Friday. Oh, yeah. It's, there's not going to be, like, that studio hand twisting thing, because this time they actually let her work. And, and like, and with the success of the, the first... Uh, Wonder Woman movie, yeah. then like that just gives her more like of an upper hand to be like, no, like a I, lot more leverage. Yeah, like I know what I'm doing. Let me do what I know what I'm doing. Yeah, because I feel like if you try to make a stand like that with the first studio movie in a franchise, they'll you got to prove somebody else. You got to prove it. Yeah, they'll just kick you to the door. Yeah. They'll be like, well, I guess you know that didn't matter anyway because no one was counting on anything. But now you have this renowned Wonder Woman movie. Now everyone wants her to come back and direct it. Now she can be like. Give me my movie or I fucking walk. Yep. You're like, oh shit, now we have to do it, don't we? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, now you fucking do, you bastards. Yeah, no, I'm I'm hyped as hell. Yeah, so um, so that's our plan. Uh, we're gonna that'll be it for this week. Uh, our plan is to on Monday talk about 1984 after we've watched it and then read what we've just decided is going to be uh, Sensational Wonder Woman number six, the first appearance of the Cheetah, which is what we'll be reading. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll be reading that issue by uh, Charles Moulton. We'll be going back to the Golden Age run and checking out Cheetah's first appearance to see what that could be like. Um, I can only imagine it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good time. Yes, indeed. And then we'll be watching 1984 finally. But then before that even, uh, make, oh, sure, yeah. make sure you check under your presence uh, on on Friday morning just to see if there's an extra little gift there yeah, for you. Yeah, a little uh, podcast Yeah, Santa. maybe check your podcast app to see if someone <laughs> left a little gift in there. Because we're oh, going to yeah. be on Christmas Day coming back to do what will officially become a tradition once oh, we yeah. do it twice. Yep. Uh, which is we're going we're gonna to come back on Christmas Day and talk about Klaus. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're going to cheat even though there's no Klaus adaptation, even though there should be. There definitely should um, be. Granted... What if it was bad, though? I, I would hate that's that. The, see, that's the thing. Maybe it shouldn't be. <laughs> Let Grant Morrison do it. Yeah, they're getting into TV. And so they yeah, already they canceled Brave New World. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll be getting into that. And then uh, we're going to be doing two of the... We, we're going to do all the Klaus one-offs. But I think what we're going to do now is... Because uh, there's not a Klaus coming out this year. Yes, because if NF1 comes out next year, it won't be till Christmas Day. Exactly. So yeah. I want to leave us an opportunity to talk about Klaus again next year without running out of stuff too yeah, quickly. because if we could do it every year, that's the goal. Yeah, because I'm sure there'll be more Klaus out by then. Knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood. Oh yeah, knock on all the wood. (laughs) But sadly there wasn't this year, so I think the best idea is we're going to read The Crying Snowman, which is one of the one-offs, and then we're going to read The Life and Times of Joe Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are... Actually, those are probably my two favorite ones, so I'm going to be excited to talk about those. Yeah, I've read um, Joe Christmas, but not uh, Crying Snowman. Ooh, yet, nice. So I'm excited. You're going to like Crying Snowman. It's really, really good. Yeah, I saw your tweet. <laughs> it's it's really fucking good. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, join us on Friday. We'll be talking about Klaus. It's going to be a little winter spirit. Oh yeah. And uh, and then we're going to be doing some Wonder Woman. And then in January, not to spoil it, but. We might be getting into a little Hickman Avengers. Ooh, that might be the plan. A little taste. Stick around for that. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>